this is Fatima. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back to the part two of Casey Anthony. If you haven't already listened to episode 137, we suggest you go back and listen to that first. Where we last left off was the morning of June 16th, where the grandparents last saw Kaylee alive in the morning. And this is what happened after that, that same day. That was in the morning. That evening, there's CCTV footage of Casey and Tony at Blockbuster Video. Just casually walking around, arm over shoulder, just picking movies. Mm -hmm. It's 2008. I thought all Blockbusters were closed by then, but (laughs) they're still open. But they're just walking around like they are a cute little couple choosing a movie, what to watch for for that evening. No Kaylee in sight. Mm -hmm. Later on, Tony did testify that she never mentioned she was missing or was any trouble with the nanny at that point. Um, So they just kind of had a normal evening. Right. That was June 16th. Now, on June 20th, At the Fusion nightclub that Tony is a club promoter for, apparently what Casey was doing is that she was kind of coordinating some of the contests that were going on there as well. Okay. So she was an event coordinator. So kind of. (laughs) We'll get rid of that. Yeah. She was kind of that. Um, She entered a hot body contest. Uh Uh-huh. And these are the other infamous pictures yeah. in this case where she's wearing a blue dress with her titties out mm-hmm. not shaming the titty having out but it's like the situation is just weird because her daughter's been missing supposedly for four days now exactly so she is ha- she the, these pictures look like she's having a blast mm-hmm. like something i would have done fresh out of co- you know in college or something right. um so it's a hot body contest there's girls on a stage just dancing and you know subjecting themselves to votes i guess Mm -hmm. um i don't know that she won i think they probably would have said if she won let's just say she didn't win (laughs) just say she didn't win but she was out that night and to everyone that testified that evening or from that evening that was hanging out with her or was that in the club or you know some of the girls that were part of the contest no mention of the daughter being kidnapped missing in any danger, anything like that, was not acting any other type of way, but happy, glad, intoxicated. Mm -hmm. That's it. On June 27th, uh, they went to a shopping mall. There's footage of her and Tony just shopping around the mall. Um, She goes to Target, and they go to Fusion again that night. So that's just like two weeks now. Uh-huh. After the after Kaylee has been missing, two weeks into her having told her parents that she's gone down right. to, to work. Yeah. So June sixteenth, just a little back turn, just a little bit. So that same day that she like left for Jacksonville with Kaylee, it's the same day that she became like a living girlfriend with Tony. Okay. So that kind of changes the dynamic because now it's like sleepover every night, sure. and you know waking up and. No, spending yeah. the day. On July 2nd, um, they brought in the tattoo artist, Bobby, who tattooed a, on Casey's left shoulder, Bella Vita. 
Italian for beautiful life. Mm-hmm. That was on July 2nd. Mm-hmm. So that would have been... Three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. After Kaylee was missing. Mm-hmm. And Bobby, the tattoo artist, testified that all that, the, all that she could talk about while she was on that chair was her boyfriend. Not sure. once did she mention her little girl. No danger. Mm-hmm. Not kidnapped. No issues. Only talked about the boyfriend. On July 4th, she attended a July 4th party, mm-hmm. Independence Day party. So there was party, fireworks, the host of the party, you know, came and testified that she was acting completely normal, happy, hanging out. Um, she didn't mention having a daughter, but nothing that the daughter was in danger, kidnapped, etc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, she's just full of garbage. In the car, in the trunk of the car. So we're going to go back now to what the mom had said, Cindy, about the trunk. Um, Because when they opened the trunk of this Pontiac Sunfire, um, and I say that because those older cars are deeper trunks. Yeah. You could could sleep back there comfortably. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) They've got deep, deep trunks. They, when the detectives opened that, trunk and took it in for forensics anecdotally there's so many people involved that say that as soon as the car came in even without being told what it was there for what they needed to do in form of gathering information the smell of decomposition was just potent yeah Yeah. they said they knew it was a decomp car Mm -hmm. Before they were even told that. There were dogs that hit on it, confirming that they smelled decomposition. Like cadaver dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff that was in the trunk is a mix of things. There was a big stain in there. But it was obviously cleaned up. Mm -hmm. It was just a darkish stain. There was a bag of garbage, like household garbage. Which stank because it was old garbage. Mm-hmm. They also found one strand of hair that did not have the root with it. It showed that it was something that fell off due to decomposition. Okay. But because it was a dead hair, quote unquote, uh-huh. they couldn't pull DNA from it. Oh, interesting. They could only do mitochondrial testing okay so mitochondrial which i may i don't know kind of really relearned on this case yeah is the mother's side of your dna sure and what forensics could prove unequivocally was that it was for sure casey's cindy's or kaylee's right because they all have the same maternal line. Uh-huh. So they couldn't prove which of those three females it would have belonged to. Right. But worth noting that it was untreated hair. So never been dyed. Never been dyed. Okay. Cindy has highlights blonde. Mm-hmm. And Casey has run the gamut on coloring and yeah. doing stuff to her hair. Right. So I think it's a safe bet Mm -hmm. that it was probably a two-year-old's hair who had never been dyed or permed or straightened whatever but there was no actual like dna saying for sure 
this is Kaylee's. There was a presence of chloroform in the trunk, Mm -hmm. but chloroform is also an additive in some household cleaning products. So it couldn't be identified as a standalone product Mm -hmm. that was in the trunk Mm -hmm. although they could smell it and what's weird in this situation is that they can't like bottle up the smell right right which i wish they could (laughs) suck it up with a vacuum put it in a jar i don't know do something with it but they couldn't so they you know all the information that they could gather the detectives and the forensics at the scene or having the car as fresh as it could, um, a lot of it was going to become anecdotal. Uh-huh. And a, there was no science-based experiments that could confirm there was a smell of decomposition in the air. Right. So going back to Cindy. So she was put on trial. She was put on the stand several times. And one of the times was to break down the words that she said in that in that 911 call, okay. which is, it smells like there's been a dead body in the mm-hmm. damn car. <sighs> Trial was weird. Okay? Because right off the bat, she got what would now become a big hitter attorney, mm-hmm. Baez. And Baez took, um, <laughs> you know, he, he ran with this idea of, I'm going to do everything I can to save this person. That is my job. That's what I've been hired to do. And he's not wrong. That's what he was hired to do. He had no compassion when it came to grilling the parents Mm -hmm. while they were on the stand. But Cindy took this approach where when they asked her why she said that, she said it was just a turn of phrase. That she said that because she wanted them to hurry up and get to her house. Oh. So this sounds like graduation party to me. Yeah. Not really a... She's a nurse. Yeah. She has worked in a morgue before. Mm -hmm. She would know what a dead body smells like. Yeah, you would just say... Smells like hot garbage. experience in knowing what this... Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if there's a bag of garbage in there, she could have very easily said that. Smells like hot garbage. Sure. It's Florida. Right. In July. Exactly. It's 90s, hundreds. Yeah. Very easily could have said that. Uh-huh. I think she was defending her baby. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's still her kid. Right. Very much cares for her daughter, I mean her granddaughter. Mm-hmm. But it's her kid on the stand, too. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, so. I don't know. I can go back and forth on Cindy. Um, I think she said... What she said, because that's what she smelled. Mm -hmm. That's what it smelled like to her. That's what she said. I think to a lay person saying that, maybe, but to someone who has trained medically and has been around that smell. Right. As far as I've been told, it's very distinct and you don't forget it. Sure. So, I don't know why she did that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, it's just a turn of phrase, she says. That's really weird. It's really weird. And then, so, uh, going to the trial, I know I've said a lot of people like, oh, they've testified and all that. But I'm going to go with the trial. So, the defense attorney, Baez, he 
Well, I guess, no, let me go there. So after, you know, so this happened, the first phone call happened July. She's been missing since June. Um, she starts getting, you know, she gets arrested for smaller stuff like lying. Um, eventually they do, uh, charge her with murder, mm -hmm. uh, because on October 18th, I believe, uh, sorry, October 24th, the state allowed the family to presume her dead okay. without her body. Sure. On December 11th, um, it's funny cause there's two birthdays in our family that I recognize on this uh -huh. freaking thing now. Um, but on December 11th, less than a quarter mile away from their house, from the Anthony house, there is a meter reader. Um, and his name is Roy Cronk. That, and what I mean by meter reader, and if you're out of the U.S., um, we have energy meters. Mm-hmm. Um, that tell you, you know, how much energy your house is using it has this little wheel on it that is constantly spinning. It, they're part of the electric or energy company yes. that come by and they just make sure that it's turning correctly so that it's reading how much energy you're using in your house. Okay. Right? Yes. All right. That's the best way I could explain That's, it. Yeah, it's basically um, it so he's called a meter reader. And I had to clarify that because when I first heard meter reader, I was thinking like parking meter. That's what I, that's where my mind first yeah. went. Yeah. And then, no, so he's like a utilities meter yes. reader. So, uh, you know, it was part of where they live, uh, the Anthony house, really close to them. There is a, an area that is swampy that has a lot of vegetation to it. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of inhabitable. I'm sure there's probably, it's not a place where they could have built on or mm -hmm. something like that. So it's just marshy land that's off to the side. Now, Roy Kronk is in this area. This is kind of the area that he works for his job. Sure. And he, on December 11th, it's not very clear, but what I heard best describes what happened is that he was in this area and he, everyone in Orlando knew of this case, but he went into this marshy area a couple feet into off the road to go relieve himself. Okay. And that's where he saw a black bag mm -hmm. and he had a stick on him. He poked it, kind of picked it up. A skull fell out. Oh God. He said he, with that same stick, he dropped the bag and... What he now's no, now knows would have been the eye socket, used it to like turn it. Holy shit, it's a skull. Mm -hmm. Left it, called his supervisor because he didn't know what to do. Right. Then called the police. This was 17 feet and four inches off the curb. Okay. So ways in. Right. Heavily vegetated area. Uh -huh. Vines, swampy, etc. The cops come out. Holy shit, it's a skull. Now we know that back in August, Roy Kronk, because he works the same area, had already told the cops, have you checked this marshy area? Mm. He called the cops out there. They went out with him. But at that time, it was flooded. Oh, okay. And he says that because it was flooded and the cops didn't come out with rain boots or anything, mm -hmm. they kind of just stepped in and like Glanced. stretched out their necks to look but yeah. didn't see anything. 
and that they didn't want to like get their shoes wet to go into the marshy area and then there's a lot of rattlesnakes in that area uh-huh. so they didn't want to like risk it so he's like i called them and i told them to check this area a long time ago and they never listened to me right so on december 11th it was um when they discovered kaylee's remains her skull and because of was because it was where it was there was obvious signs that animals have gotten to it Mm -hmm. so they had to section off the entire area you know and put it into sections coordinates and try to dig through sift through everything Mm -hmm. they eventually found most of her Mm -hmm. um there's some pieces that are still were never found but um most of her back her legs etc it's a little bit surprising just to talk about, like, the police coming out there and, like, just glancing. Yeah. Like, you're in Florida. Like, you're not, um, you're not unfamiliar with the lands being right. like that or the flooding or whatever. So, I don't know. In my mind, I would have thought, like, oh, okay, yeah, this could be a good potential lead. The tools that we would need to properly investigate a place like this. No. Not just proper wetware, but cadaver dogs if you're searching in a swampy area no shit yeah as a human there's only so much you could do you're gonna need other tools yeah so sorry that's just no no it's like they that's very lazy and i know they were you know looking elsewhere and looking other places but i don't know it just kind of reminds me of gabby petito i'm like oh it's so close to home look harder right but anyway yeah what they find with the with the remains are canvas laundry bag. Mm-hmm. And for your listeners, I'll try and, and describe it as best as I can. It's the kind of laundry bag that comes in a set that nests with other sizes, but the same kind. So there's like a big one, a middle, and a little one. Right. That was matched to a set of laundry bags that was at the Anthony home. Okay. So in that bag, yes, yes, and also a black garbage bag, Mm -hmm. also a Winnie the Pooh blanket, and that Winnie Winnie the Pooh blanket became a key piece of evidence Mm -hmm. because, you know, a lot of children's bed sets come in sets. Mm -hmm. You'll have, like, the crib cover, the bumper thing, the pillowcase, the sheet, the blanket, and so this was undoubtedly, yeah, part of that, a part of the evidence that still kind of haunts me because I'm like, why didn't they see? I, okay, so I'll just talk about it and then I'll try and make sense of it. There was a piece of tape that was around her jaw. Yeah. Which kept her jaw attached to her skull mm-hmm. because without that. Your jaw and your skull have no reason to stay together. Right. There's no bones connecting Mm -hmm. it. You only have ligaments and muscles muscles connecting your jaw to your head. Um, And there's also some hair stuck on it, on the the piece of tape. Mm -hmm. Because of the tape and because she was so young, there's no root on kids' teeth that young. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing holding them in. But it's because of this piece of tape that was on her that held the teeth into the jaw, the jaw on the head. Mm -hmm. Because of the condition of the remains, it is determined that 
she was out there for a long time. Yeah. For about six months. Yeah. Which is from when the last time anyone heard of her. June. June. The bones had absolutely no tissue on them. The bones had nothing um, live on them. The bones had no marrow. They were dry Jeez. as a bone. Yeah. As the saying goes. Uh-huh. They were dry as a bone. Because they were out there June, July, August. The hottest months. The hottest months and in Florida. Random bouts of rain and flooding. And, and now, yep, and then it was flooded, and then uh-huh. you have animals. So there yeah. was no bone marrow. There was no tissue on her. So they couldn't run typical tests that they would run on any other type of type of remains. Uh-huh. Did a drug screen, they did all that, but they couldn't find what they called volatiles. So anything that was foreign. But that was, mind you, off of the bones. Right. So anything that would have been inhaled, like chloroform, Uh would not have been in her bones because it dissipates so quickly. It would have been maybe in her marrow or... But there was no marrow. Blows my mind. So I'll take you to trial. So trial, um, the defense attorney... The opening statements, and this is hours and hours and hours that are available on YouTube. Every single day of the trial is available. I watched it on two times speed because there's <laughs> so much. The opening statements, I watched those at regular speed because those are always, it kind of lets you know where they're going to take this, yeah, right? That's the and the defense attorney, right off the bat, starts throwing dirt on George Anthony, mm-hmm. on the dad, on the Casey's or Kaylee's granddad right says that he sexually abused Casey says that potentially he sexually abused Kaylee mm-hmm. that he is the one who disposed of the body that she, that Casey's completely innocent so he starts bashing in on George from the get-go now one thing and I don't know if this is the way it is worldwide but in the U.S., you can make such allegations in the opening statements mm-hmm. and not mention it again mm-hmm. during all the testimony. Which is pretty crazy. He's had to plant the seed. Right. Exactly. Any plant, any seed of doubt that he mm-hmm. could on these jurors. The jurors did have to be taken from 100 miles away. Mm-hmm. Because they couldn't possibly get right. unbiased people from Orlando. They were sequestered the whole time. But nonetheless, he was starting to plant these seeds of doubt. Um, one of the things that he said that is just graphic and blows my mind. And as much as it stuck with me, I think that it would have been remembered by a jury. So he said that Casey learned how to lie at an early age, as early as eight, because she would have to disassociate what was happening in her home life. And then as soon as age 13, bear, just hang tight, buckle up, guys. He said that Casey would have her dad's penis in her mouth and then go to school and act as if nothing had happened. Poor George. Mm-hmm. He is getting dragged through this mud Mm -hmm. and Casey's standing there stone cold no emotions just kind of blank faced the entire time knowing that they are dragging her dad through shit like this Mm -hmm. and it's it's just un 
fucking believable. And even if that stuff had happened, like, I get it, going through trauma and, like, learning how to disassociate from stuff, but you would think that reliving that information in that type of a setting would have made someone somewhat emotional yeah. in their seat. Oh, absolutely. You know? But she's a narcissist, so she doesn't Oh, care. my God. She's a special kind of dumbass. <laughs> I think the state the prosecutors were a little too comfortable with what they thought they brought and discovered and brought to the table. Mm -hmm. What the defense did was break down everything and plant doubt into every single thing that was brought up. Yeah. And that in and of itself is a good job. Yeah. That, That is your job. That is their job. Something else that came up in trial is that Cindy was asked about a computer search that was done at her home. And she had said that the dog had gotten into some kind of plants in the backyard. And so she wanted to look up whether or not they were toxic. Mm -hmm. And she was first looking up chlorophyll. And that that internet search brought up chloroform. And like she was autocorrected in yeah. the search bar or something, yeah. And that she was curious about, you know, why that would have come up. Maybe because of the first five letters match. But she clicked on it nonetheless. So she took that away from the state saying it was me mm-hmm. instead of Casey. Mm-hmm. So that's something that she kind of excused away again as her. Now... This is where I think the state faltered a little bit. They weren't specific enough on their questions. Because the time that it was searched, Cindy would have been at work. Right. And the only other person at home would have been her or her dad. Mm -hmm. But it was a computer that mostly Casey used. Sure. And it was lodged in between MSN Messenger chats that she had with friends and also logging into MySpace. Yeah. So. <laughs> Can I. I. You know. Uh-huh. Mm, yeah. The jury goes off to deliberate. Pius did a fantastic job of putting doubt into people's mind. Mm-hmm. They take 11 hours to deliberate. And to the nation's shock. I think. Um, she was found not guilty. Of murder. Of manslaughter. The only thing she was found guilty of. Was lying to the police. Uh-huh. She got a year, but then she was given credit for time served because she'd been in county for three already waiting sure. for trial. So 10 days after trial ended, she was released. 10 months. Was it 10 months? You say she got a year and she had already been there for three months? Three years. Oh, three years. Sorry. Yeah, no. So 10 days after, she got released into the world, oh into regular population. And... The ultimate theory that the defense went with, and all they had to do, again, was plant little seeds. Um, they showed a picture of Kaylee with her with um, her kind of opening the backslide door into the backyard. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, enough to convince the jury, like, hey, look, she could open the back door. And they said uh, that she went into the pool outside that was an above ground pool that she went into the pool herself and 
that George Anthony found her in the pool, pulled her out, and was yelling. And this is another moment in trial where Bias shows his showmanship. Yeah. He yells at the jury how he thinks George would have yelled at Casey and said, look what you've done. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to jail for the rest of your life now. You killed the you killed Kaylee. Mm-hmm. They're saying that he then wrapped her up and took her to this marshy area down the street. <laughs> I don't think a cop would have done that. Any of that. And a big, another big piece of information is that, you know, this is Florida. And we were talking about this a couple of uh, episodes ago, you know, just like Florida, Arizona, places that have a lot of pools. They tend to see these situations happen more and more where kids are going to accidentally fall into pools. And, you know, um, Dr. G, the, the forensic or the coroner in this case, excuse me, she said that she's even seen cases where moms on crack will call 911 when a kid accidentally falls in a pool. Right. Because there's some hope. Like, come help my exactly. child. It's an accident. And if that had happened, that still wouldn't explain away the tape over her mouth. The tape over her mouth. So defense is saying, <laughs> I don't know how they got away with this or, you know, they said that there was tape in that marshy area and somehow it landed on her. Oh my God. Yeah. But because of the lack of evidence at her remain site showing her method of being killed they couldn't confirm with whether it was asphyxiation whether it was drowning whether it was chloroform whether it was an injury Mm -hmm. they looked at every piece of remain piece by piece to try and look for any trauma there was no trauma to be found so it had to have been a soft kill Mm -hmm. you know um either strangulation or chloroform but because of the because she stalled them for so goddamn long uh-huh. of her looking for for Kaylee. And that's what she she did so great at. Mm-hmm. She stalled them finding her. Right. So the longer she stalled, the less evidence there is going to be uh-huh. of anything. So I if, in my opinion, I don't think that anything that the defense said against George is true. There's no evidence to back up what they were, sure. the dirt they were slinging at him. Right. And I, I just think she stalled enough to help her own case. Mm-hmm. Some theories out there, even the defense on one of their interviews said, well, because they were asked, you know, if it wasn't George and it wasn't Casey, who would have put her body there? Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, you know, who found her? So, right. <laughs> So they were trying to blame it on poor Roy Cronk at this point. Yeah. I'm like, he... Okay, little suspicious. Because he, like, looked there before and now he found her. I get it. But I would have done the same thing. There's... And there's too much, like, not pointing to... Let's say he had abducted her and killed her or whatever. Casey was obviously not concerned at all about her daughter's whereabouts. No! If that had yeah. happened. So that argument doesn't really... It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. Right. 
Um, and then, so all this happens, trial is over, um, she does get in trouble, I guess, somewhere down the line as well, there's some body cam footage of someone either throwing a drink at her or her throwing a drink at someone at a bar, there's a new special coming out on Peacock, Yeah, which is supposed to be, man... I mean, we're going to watch uh, oh, it 110%. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I, yeah. I'm so curious about what she's going to say. This is now, what, 11 years after? There, I mean, we don't have... Everything. We have double jeopardy. So she can't go back on trial it's, for exactly. murder, manslaughter. Right. Um, from Anything what I know, her parents have cut off all ties of communication with her. I would have, too. Don't blame them. Um, because... <sighs> fucking idiot yeah ruined her ruined their lives unfortunately george had it um attempted to take his life earlier in january of 2009 i believe mm-hmm. so right after her uh, kaylee's remains were found he went into a hotel room took some 70 some pills Jeez. drank all the beer he could drink right. and left a note saying he wanted to be with kaylee right luckily paramedics got to him and even that was brought up to trial, too. And Bias, on his closing statement, was like, that wasn't something of someone that was grieving. That was something that was done from someone out of remorse. Mm-hmm. Like, completely attacking poor mm-hmm. George on this. After all is said and done, uh, the defense attorney, Bias, put out a book. And in his book, he mentioned something, kind of like a haha moment mm-hmm. towards the state. Because, of course, the defense also has their opportunity to do, you know, their own search of evidence, their, you know, re-research of evidence, (laughs) or look over everything that the state has gathered. And part of that was the computer and the hard drive. Mm -hmm. And what their person found was that the state's detective for the computer only search the internet history for Internet Explorer. Oh, okay. Not Mozilla. Oh. So on the Mozilla um, search engine mm-hmm. or internet. Yeah. Mind you, a couple of things. That entire history was deleted four hours prior to her actually being arrested. Okay. So right after they had dropped her off from Universal Studios before they brought her back in, uh-huh. the only four hours she was at home alone from the time of the first phone call on July 15th, Casey, just in case we're all, so we're all on the same page, Casey. And there was a search, not from that day, but from before, mm-hmm. that was for foolproof suffocation. That was done at 2.51 p.m. That day? Not that day, but on prior to Kaylee disappearing. Okay. But it was deleted. The history of it Uh was deleted the day that she was arrested. Gotcha. So when the search was done, it was, again, in between AOL conversations and MySpace logins Mm -hmm. for Casey. And it was at 2.51 p.m., we know Cindy wasn't even off of work at that time yeah, on any given day. Again. And dad had already left mm-hmm. because he works at three. Right. 
So the only one home during that 251 time period uh-huh. would have been Casey. And that you're, and that was not brought up in trial? That was not brought up in, tra- in trial. Okay. The state never found it. Uh-huh. Because apparently they had a newbie person right. who had looked at the internet history. And they only searched on one platform, uh-huh. not both. The defense... When he wrote this book, it was kind of like a nina nina moment, uh-huh. you know, because he's like, haha, we right. had this the whole time. You didn't have it. Back. Had you had it, you probably would have won this case. Because it oh would have, you would have confirmed it was only Casey at home during this time. No uh-huh. one else could have done the search. Suffocation, there's duct tape over the face. Yeah, so it's one of those things that's like, oh shit, the state kind of super regrets for not doing a deeper thing. Yeah. So there's just, you know, I think that and it's kind of like the OJ trial um, where you just plant enough doubt Uh and it's going to go a long way, especially with such a high profile case. The jury, you know, afterwards, a couple of things that they said that super stand out. They heard the interrogation tapes as part of the evidence that was presented. Mm -hmm. And the state kind of shot themselves in the foot for that because when there was the official interrogation, the cops were already irritated and were very aggressive. Mm -hmm. So they said that you know, the state was very aggressive and non-sympathetic and they were just like going at her. her. And they saw the defense's attorney bias as very caring and someone that was trying to protect her. And so that kind of persuaded them. And then also, and this is very, I don't know, I think this is unique to the U.S. um, you know, legal system, but there, the state's job was to prove that she was guilty of the murder. Right. Not how she murdered her. Sure. And the jury, some of the jury said that they could not convict her because they weren't 100%, 100% sure how she was murdered. Right. Which the judge has come out and said now that he gave the jury the standard instructions on how to follow and read the laws. Mm -hmm. And he had already drafted and put together a special instruction for the jury to tell them, hey, you only have to prove that she murdered her, not how she murdered her, Mm -hmm. or find her in order to find her guilty, like the, the, that she did, not how. But the state never asked for those special instructions to be read. So had they been read special instructions, they would like, have been as focused on the how, exactly. But just that they did. Yes, that because of the hands of you know at the hands of Casey. Oh wow! So the judge has come out and said that I had already drafted it. I was ready because I was so sure that they were going to ask for those special uh-huh. instructions, but the state never asked for them. So they just kind of, they got the standard instructions on how to follow, follow the jury or the jury to follow the rules. Uh-huh. And they never got those. 
So just one of those things. I'm like, oh, the state just was so sure that it was like slam dunk. You know, everyone in the country thinks that she's guilty. You know, she's guilty by media already. How could this jury not find her guilty already? They're not going to believe all this bullshit that bias is putting down. Let me tell you, the jury was picking it up. Mm-hmm. Little by little, mm-hmm. all those little seeds of doubt that he was planting blossomed because they they didn't believe the state anymore. Even if you're so sure, you still got to cross all your T's and dot all your I's to make yeah. sure that, oh, man. Yeah. So it's just little things that I think the state thought they had this slam dunk case. And to an outsider, absolutely. Right. <laughs> to me, it looks like someone who has a history of lying, but all that history of lying didn't come up either. Mm-hmm. The only mention of it was from Bias saying, yeah, she's a liar because she's had to lie before. She had to because of her childhood But trauma. the state never said, hey, she never graduated. She never did this. They never countered his counter. Yeah. Which is, I think, the downfall for the state in this case. Mm-hmm. Because everything that they brought up, Bias was shooting down. Yeah. Was shooting down 100%. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the job. You have to find someone guilty beyond reasonable doubt. And the right. defense provided a tremendous, as he, angry as it makes me, yeah. provided a tremendous amount of reasonable doubt. Absolutely. So, I mean, to me, it's pretty clear that she would have done it, but I can see how those seeds of doubt would have come through. Totally. If that's all you were given. Right. You don't have any other outside influences. Uh-huh. You don't have speculations from the media being thrown at you. If you only have what's being given to you in the court, and maybe if you had heard something, you have to leave that out. You know, you can only build a puzzle with the pieces you're given. Right. I mean, yeah. honestly, I probably would have found myself coming to the same conclusion, yeah. even though that's not how I feel. Right. Um, if that's what was presented to me, because I'm very much, like, guilty beyond a reasonable yeah. doubt. Because, you know, weird shit happens. Weird shit does happen. And people get set up, or things are just, you know... As weird as they are, um, coincidental, but, oh man, I, I didn't really, good job unpacking all that stuff about the state because I wasn't super, yeah like, versed on I think that's where, where they, they yeah hold up what they needed I think, to. I, I think they just, you know, they forget that they're, they're talking to these brand new sponges. Right. They... Even if they might know, and they're not supposed to know anything about the case prior to going into it, right? Being selected. And hopefully they did a good job of selecting the jury. Because otherwise we're going to have another freaking Peterson case on our hands. But, yeah. um, you know, they, they, I think they forgot that very, very key piece that they know what we tell them. Uh-huh. <laughs> And bias was like, nope, everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything. And they forgot to have those counterpoints ready. And so they kind of seemed unprepared, which is just 
bizarre. So, yeah. So that's the case of Casey Anthony, Kaylee Anthony, the whole cast of everything. Zenaida. Oh, Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez. Sorry. Let me go back to her. Because this is shitty. They actually did find a Zenaida Gonzalez. Not Fernandez Gonzalez, but just Gonzalez. Uh That was within 20 miles of the Anthony home. They went, they interrogated her. They absolutely ruled her out. Mm -hmm. She had never crossed paths in life with the Anthonys whatsoever. But, and this is why a lot of Florida states are so prevalent, because all of their information is out in the open because of their Sunshine Act. Mm -hmm. All of the information in any police report is up for grabs. Okay. Including the information for this Sonida Gonzalez, that was the wrong one. So her life was absolutely ruined. Oh my gosh. Because people either thought the police fucked up and cleared her uh-huh. and thought that she was involved. Right. And so she was getting threatening phone calls. Her job had to let her go. She lost her house because she had no job. Like her life was absolutely fucking ruined. Because of all names. Yeah. I mean, she could have gone with like Susan Smith or something. There would have been a hundred thousand. Right. But no, she went with something so very fucking specific. Uh Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez. And then that was another thing. Casey kept telling her mom, like, you know, because Cindy was like, hey, they're, you know, they're looking for Zenaida Fernandez or Zenaida Gonzalez. And Casey was very adamant. No, they have to look for her with all you know, three names, first uh-huh. and two last names. Um, but nonetheless, nonetheless, this poor lady's life was absolutely fucked because of Casey. And so both her and Roy Cronk have sued Casey for defamation. Good. Yeah. I mean, Zenaida for sure. For sure. And, you know, one of the theories out there, and this is, in Zenaida, and this is this case is just wild to me. Zenaida is um the name that my dad <laughs> used with me growing up, saying that could have been my potential mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's just from I, I don't know, I don't know if it was like a you know younger girlfriend of his yeah. or something, but yeah. he's like Zenaida could have been your mom. Oh my gosh. Um, so Zenaida to me always stuck out in this case. Uh huh. Um, but. Zanny was the nickname. Zanny the nanny. Um, some theorized that she was using Xanax uh-huh. to nanny. It's like Kaylee. Her alter ego. Well, no, that she was giving Kaylee Xanax. Oh. To leave oh. her in the car while she was doing stuff or going out or whatever. And that maybe one of those times because a regular Xanax for a f- adult, you know, female yeah. is good. Yeah. And you give that to a 20, 30 pound two-year-old. Right. What it, what, what it does, what Xanax does, it, you know, it kind of um, slows down your, your heart rate. Your heart rate. It's a suppressive thing. Yeah. And for a little girl, it's going to do that almost to a fatal amount. Yes. It's, 100%. It's going to do it. Yeah. So a lot of people think that Zanny the nanny is because she used Xanax to leave Kaylee in the car when she went and did stuff. So within like between that, like the 16th and, you know, 
sometime in that 31 days, um, she might have used Xanax to like mm-hmm. keep her quiet and keep her in the car until she probably found her dead and or put tape over her if she was crying, etc. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Sandy the nanny. Damn. That's it. I'm so weird, excited to say excited. What the hell she has to say now. Oh, totally. Because we would be at 14 years now. 2008. So, yeah, oh, yeah. we would be at 14 years, years wow. which is crazy. That is crazy. So, you know, 14 years later, um, she looks a little bit older. She looks 14 years older. <laughs> she still has that don't give a fuck bitch face look, though. Yeah. She even does. from that teaser. Uh-huh. It's not even a resting bitch face. No, she just looks very, uh, just emotionless. Yes. Just like facially monochrome, just yeah, and it's and it works for her because since she doesn't deviate too much, she can say whatever the fuck she wants, right. and it seems if you don't know her, it might come off as genuine. Sure, because if you don't know her, you're like, oh, you know, there's not much face movement there. I there's no obvious lying mm-hmm. or. Whatever, so yeah, I'm excited to see what the hell she has to say. Apparently, the director took on this role where she's like, We did the interviews, we did the information search, and although she's you know giving us the interview, we still have directorial control over it. Okay, so we'll see what happens, but that's interesting. All right, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.